0: I think you did a great job. Man, when I was 16, I'm not sure two words would have come out of my mouth up here except help me. Probably been about it. So I'm grateful to God for you and your commitment to Him. It's a blessing. I love to see the Holy Spirit work through you guys, and He does. And it is a blessing. well, I don't have a central text. We'll be going through some different texts. But for our reading this morning to stand, I want to turn to the book of Ephesians, which we will touch on the message. Chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. So I ask when you find that, if you'll stand in honor of our great and awesome God. I will read the text aloud. I encourage you to follow along. For he himself... Is our peace. Who has made the two one. And has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility. By abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two. Thus making peace. And in this one body. To reconcile both of them to God through the cross. By which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away. And peace to those who were near. Let's pray. Great peacemaker. We are grateful. That you chose to bring peace. Father, we have so often, Lord, not been at peace. But you are peace. For he himself is our peace. I pray this morning as we look at that wonderful truth, Lord. Peace is so elusive in our day. But peace is more than a thought or a concept. Peace is Christ. I pray that... Your Holy Spirit would show us that peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I mean, let's just be honest about it. Sometimes. Life. Can be tough. And there are times. And I don't think sin and I are alone. There are some days. Something happens and it's like. You know, I'd really just not like to be here. Here. I want to be there with him. And and um and of course, you know, I've always said, I'm not afraid of death. I am a little afraid of my, how I might have to get there. I don't, I don't want the slow cooker, you know, to go. I want to be quick and painless. But sometimes life's just tough. Um, someone has written this in email. They said... I am hereby officially tendering my resignation from the rat race. I have decided I would like to go back and take on the carefree life of a (laughs) six-year-old. All over again. I want to go to a McDonald's and think that it's a four-star restaurant. I want to stuff my mouth with chewing gum and see who can blow the biggest bubble. I never could blow a bubble. Okay, enough of that heartache. I want to think M&Ms are better than money because you can eat them. (laughs) I don't want to change clothes because they got a little dirty. And I want to enjoy every day like it's summer vacation. Good old days. I want to return to a time when life was simple. I want to be excited about little things again like my new Hot Wheels or my new jump rope. I don't want my day to consist of computer crashes, paperwork, cleaning, children, chores, news, reports, illness, and loss. So I'm resigning from it all. Here's my checkbook, my car keys, my credit card bills, my cell phone. Well, let me keep that, maybe. Uh, my fax machine, my mortgage book. I'm officially resigning from the pressures of adulthood. And if you want to discuss this further, you'll have to catch me first. So see you later, alligator. See you in a while, crocodile. <laughs> Tag, you're it, and you've got cooties. So I'm out of here. what happens as we get older, we find out cooties aren't real, but mortgage bills are. And pressures are. And our peace is absent. And what we need to be reminded of that peace is far more than the absence of conflict. True peace comes in a relationship with a God who completely knows us understands us, and loves us. In Isaiah 48 and and chapter 57, the wicked are described as a tossing sea that cannot be quiet, as there is a constant murmur or mumble that happens among those without God. Uh, Matter of fact, if you look through history, it's been about war and Discontent. For over the last 5,000 years, there have been at least 14,000 major wars. And even in the last 400 years alone, there have been some 8,000 peace treaties. The average length of these skirmishes were two years. And even our capital, Washington, D.C., is filled with peace monuments and peace memorials that we build every year. Peace seems to be elusive. And yet we realize that the truth, that peace, is found not in an idea. It is found in a person. It is found in the Lord Jesus Christ, who is called in the Scriptures, the Prince of Peace. And what is our role as His children, as being brought into His family, Adopted as his sons and daughters. It is to understand that peace. When we talk about the putting on the armor of God. One piece of armor that is often not mentioned. Frequently anyway. Is what we are to do with our feet. Our feet are to be fitted in Ephesians 6.15. With a readiness that comes from the gospel of Peace. We need to be able to share with people that there is a peace. In all of the turmoil, there is a tranquility. Turn me to Colossians chapter 1. As that beautiful peace is described. I want to just look at verses 19 and 20. It says, For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in Him, in Christ. And through Him... To reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth. Or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood. Shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God. And were enemies in your minds. Because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you. By Christ's physical body. Through death to present you. Holy in his sight. Without blemish and free from accusation. Guys, we need to remember, for those of us who are in the family of God, who are children of God, that we have been made right with Him, and we are not at war with Him. And that He who looks completely upon us loves us completely. I love that in Isaiah 26.3, and I love it in the old King James. It says, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. The the picture there is. Man, I am at peace. When I look to the one who is peace. When instead of looking around me. I look above me. and, And I worship. And I realize that he is there. And that I can trust him. And put my hope in him. But it's. Our call, guys, is not just peace with God. That's where it begins, where we first hand experience peace with God. That He loves me, that He came here and He died for me so that I may have perfect peace with Him. When He said, it is finished, our sin issues... We're nailed to that cross. Yes, we still deal with the flesh here. But as far as condemnation, as far as permanent judgment because of our sins, that was handled at Calvary. And so we have peace with God. But we have a call beyond just peace with God. We are called to show forth to this world that there is peace available for them as well. We are not the only ones. To receive this peace. We're not be the only ones that corner the market. God wants to share that peace with others. One way he does this is. uh, He shows forth that peace. Through his church. People see in a world of chaos. God's desire. Is he sees peace among us. That we are at peace with one another. That we are not fighting one another. Ephesians 4-3 says to be diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. In other words, it sometimes is not natural. Sometimes we want to scratch each other, you know, hurt each other. But God says be diligent in seeking peace with one another. It is a heart effort to get along with one another. Turn me to Romans chapter 14. Romans 14 verse 19, he says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. To build one another up is the goal. And in chapter 14, it is a picture of, of dealing not with convictions, but with preferences. You know, we we have our preferences. We all don't like Necessarily the same music. Or maybe some of the traditions are, are different. Some of our backgrounds are different. But but the picture here is that we do not argue over those preferences. But that the grace of God is beautifully portrayed when we may not like something, but we are able to get along with one another. Because we realize that there is a goal bigger than just my preference. That that goal is that the peace of God might be shown forth through our lives. We are to pursue peace. Matter of fact, this word here in verse 19 of Romans 14, where he says, make every effort to do what leads to peace, it is a hunting term. And and used in that day, it meant to hunt down, to follow hard after, to be on the trail to catch that game. And so the picture here is we are to strive with all of our heart to track down peace so that the peace of Christ is evident among the people of God. You know, it says that they will know Him by the love that we have for one another. As that peace, guys, is made evident. We need to be able to carry that peace treaty in our back pocket and to pull it out as we deal with one another. And to realize that that treaty has been signed and delivered by Jesus Himself. Through the work that He has completed. All right, how about that peace evidence in the world around us? I mean, let's face it. Sometimes people can just be mean. And we don't like it. I don't like it. I like everybody to be sweet and nice to me. But believe it or not, there are some people that don't like me. I know. <laughs> I know, it's tough. Romans 12. Verse 18. What a great scripture. Uh, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace With everyone. What's really amazing. As you look at the context of the scripture. This was a time where it was really difficult to be a Christian. You had a madman who was in power. Who wanted to make life miserable. For Christians. Who hunted them down. And and tortured them. It was a a terrible time. (laughs) To be at peace. With that society. Of Rome. As Nero was a leader of a society that was literally imploding with bloodlust, with immorality, with idolatry, infanticide, and with greed and deception. As a matter of fact, um, a near relative of Nero, 13-year-old Britannicus, was a rival heir to the throne. So Nero had this 13-year-old murdered. And he even had his own mother murdered. And then he publicly mourned her after he was responsible for taking her life. He revived the laws of treason so that anyone who was a threat would be murdered, would be taken out on a whim. He, he kicked one expectant wife to death and had no legal accountability. Imagine a world leader, and this actually happened, where he went out in the streets, attacked a woman, and he didn't realize that the husband was nearby who beat him up pretty good. And then he managed to escape and go back in to the royal quarters. And he wondered if he was recognized. It turned out to be a, a senator in Rome who was very powerful. <laughs> and this man sent an apology. But he didn't want to be discovered, so he had this senator killed. To protect himself. This was the, the kind of leadership. This was the kind of day. In which Christians lived. In Isaiah. The, the wicked are compared to, a, to that troubled sea. That, that murmurs. And, and yet we are called to be at peace with everyone. And these are the people that he was speaking to. This is what they were facing at that time. A couple of observations from this verse. First. He says in verse 18. If it is. Possible. Sometimes it's just not possible. You see, the truth of the matter is, sometimes when you're just honest and speak the truth, somebody's not going to like you. You know, for that reason, to be honest with you, sometimes I just do not like Facebook. There are so many times I want to write something so bad. But I know if I write that, whew, as they say with that cat in trouble, the fur will fly. I remember one time uh, um, a, a lady who is a lawyer now who was actually in my youth group years ago. And she had made a comment that Christians and Muslims worship the same God and uh, have the same teachings and this old preacher just couldn't deal with it so I had to write her a private note you do realize Muslims and Christians have different beliefs and follow a different God and different scriptures and it wasn't very nice she was not very happy and I thought I have got to stay off Facebook Facebook Because I see something and and as a preacher, I just got to say something. As you stand up for the truth, sometimes it just doesn't go well. (laughs) Secondly, second condition, it says if it is possible as far as it depends on you. Sometimes it doesn't depend on you. Sometimes it is another party and no matter what you do, they're just not going to like you. Man, I remember when I was 13 years old. Uh, there was a gang of us guys that would hang out. and Man, we did everything together. You know, we didn't know what a computer well, I don't even know if they had computers in those days. If they did, they'd fill up this whole sanctuary, right? You know, and, and common guy didn't have them. So we all played outside. And there was this one guy in the neighborhood. His name was Robbie. Huge! I was a little skinny kid. You know, um, at that time, probably 100 pounds dripping wet, you know. And this kid, he was two or three years older than me. Uh, He's probably six foot tall, you know, 180 pounds, 200 pounds. To me, might as well have been 300 pounds. And he just did not like me. And I have a confession to make. I was scared of him, so I told everybody I was a pacifist. (laughs) I didn't believe in fighting. I really didn't believe in fighting him, he was too big. He would have tore me to pieces. So they're like, man, you ought to fight this guy. It's like, mm, I'm a pacifist. I don't believe in fighting. And, and, and you know, this kind of thing went on. I, and he would, man, he would follow me home and, you know, hit me and, you know, flick me back in the head and make my life miserable. You know, I'm this 13-year-old kid. And I had to walk home. It was awful. I remember one time it was so bad. One friend of mine, he'd had enough. So he jumped up and tried to hit the guy and didn't go well for him. But he, he just had had enough. And I remember one time we were playing football, a bunch of us. And here comes Robbie out of the middle of nowhere. He runs, he picks me up, and he runs toward a briar patch and just dives in the briar patch on top of me. And to this day, I still don't know why Robbie didn't like me. Maybe he had good reason. I don't know. But the truth of the matter is, he just did not like me. I tried to avoid him. I tried to be Quiet. I tried to be kind. None of it seemed to work. <laughs> you know, uh, peace is a two way street, is basically the lesson here. And Paul is simply trying to tell us we need to make sure our side of the street's open for traffic. That's basically the lesson. Sometimes it is beyond your control. Uh, Romans 12, still there, verse 19. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. The the command is to pursue peace. And even though these people are our enemies, the call here is God wants us to not... Be full of resentment. To not forever see them as our enemies. But to understand that there will come a day where there will be a judgment. There will come a day where each of us will face the living God. There will come a day where every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father. That that day is coming. And we should not live in resentment over that person. But instead the truth of the matter is we should live in pity for that person. Because they will meet God. And so it, God calls us that there to be a type of mission field for us to pray for them. And I have prayed for Robbie. I don't know if I still want to meet Robbie or Noah. But I want him to know God. I Man, none of us deserve the grace of God. But that's what it's about. We understand that, and then we receive the grace of God. And we want others to know that peace. We want that peace to go forward. It it tells us that one of the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is peace. And that peace is to be in our lives. Uh, Look at verse 20. The next verse here in Romans 12. Still there. On the contrary. If your enemy is hungry. Feed him. If he's thirsty. Give him something to drink. In doing this. You will heat burning coals. On his head. Now you know. If if you don't know some background with this. You think. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'd like some of those burning coals. To go right through that basket. If he had any hair. No more. If he had a scalp that was not scarred. No more. But, But that's not the picture that's here. The picture here is. In that day. It was really critical. To have a fire going at all times. To keep warm. To be able to cook. And sometimes those coals would go out. And one of the quickest ways to get the heat back. Is to go to your neighbor. To take one or more of their burning coals. And the way that was typically transported was a basket on the head. And and the picture was that you give them enough coals. That will last so that they can carry it back to their home. And to get the fire going again. So that they will have warmth, So that they will be able to cook. And the picture here is. How can you stay mad at somebody. That gives you something. That is so vital. To their survival. It is a, a picture of loving somebody. Who is unlovable. With a love that is totally unexpected. And that surprise. Makes all of the difference that is the call. And whatever we do, we are to live as those who share the peace of God. One commentator wrote, we are not reactionaries, we are peacemakers. We are not panicking in a culture that's collapsing, we are preparing and praying and serving and living distinctive lives of grace and peace ultimately for greater fruitfulness than ever. We are not offensive just to be offensive. We are not angry or resentful of the immoral digression of our world no more than Paul would have been resentful by the actions of Nero. We're told in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, to lead a peaceful and a quiet life. Quiet means God is in control. It is... Not just quiet, for quiet's sake. Uh, Like I read about one missionary lady. She said when she was growing up, this missionary said that when they would go on vacation, this was back when they had the old cassette tapes. It's really not that long ago, guys. Okay. (laughs) At least the old guy feels that way. But the old cassette tapes that you would plug in, she said everybody got a turn. And this was great on the trip. And everybody was so excited because it's my turn to play my cassette tape. She said when it came her dad's turn, he would take his cassette tape and he would plug it into the cassette player. And it was always a blank cassette tape. Just 90 minutes of blessed, quiet (laughs) silence. But but the picture here is not just silence for itself. But it's silence that comes out of a confidence that the living God is in control. And that the living God has not forgotten you but that his peace is still available. Remember Peter and the apostles, and they're on the boat, and look out there. Is that Jesus walking on the water? And and, you know, Peter sees it, and I love Tony Evans' view of this. You know, Tony Evans says, Lord, Lord, can I come out and play? I don't know if that's what happened. Okay, that's Tony. But the picture is, he's like, man, I'm going to go out there and walk with Jesus. So he starts walking on the water, and what happens? He starts thinking, I'm walking on the water. This is not good. You don't walk on water. And he starts sinking. (laughs) Right, and and then the lesson comes to him as the Lord grabs him and he saves him. And he remembers that even though the water is going over your head, it's underneath the Savior's feet. You see, the wonderful lesson there is, all things in life that are over your head are under his feet. And what we face, we have a God that can bring us peace because it's all under His feet. And we can rest in that wonderful, wonderful truth. So as I close, guys, as as we are called to be ambassadors of that peace, we're not to be known what we're always fighting against. Fighting against this sin. Fighting against that sin. I can't stand that type of person. Man, we're all guilty of that at times, aren't we? But Paul writes instead that our plea is, be reconciled to God. He loves you and He has done everything within His power to bring you peace. Will you please embrace that peace by embracing the One who brought the peace by the way of the cross. second Corinthians 2 14 and 15 it tells us but thanks be to God who always leads us in triumphal procession in Christ and spreads through us everywhere the fragrance of the knowledge of him in every place for we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing Amen, that's our call. It's to be the sweet aroma of Christ in a crazy world. So I guess as we come, this time we call invitation. Do you have peace with God? Because it starts there. You can't share a peace you don't have. And He offers it. I can't give you that peace, but He can. The peace is found in Jesus Christ. Receive it if you haven't. Secondly, we are called to share that peace with one another. Man, if there's some reason why we don't have peace with a brother or sister, the body of Christ, don't grieve the Spirit of God. Don't stop Him from working among us. Restore that peace. And then, of course, thirdly, We are to represent Christ with everything within our power to be people of peace among those who don't know Him. The reason they're so nuts is they don't know a Savior that brings peace. And so our job is to let them know that He's there. You know what Jesus said in the Beatitudes? Blessed are the peacemakers they will be called sons and daughters of God. Let's pray. Lord, we have an altar that is open and we are a people that need peace, Lord. Maybe someone here needs peace with God and it's never a bad time to reach out and receive peace with God. To say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior in my life. Forgive me, God. (laughs) It's so awesome, Lord. May this be the day if one needs to receive peace with God. And, and then there's peace with each other. Lord, don't let, don't let there be disunity among us, a lack of peace. Father, may we humble ourselves and remember that you forgave us. And so give us courage to forgive each other, Lord. And then third, we're only in this building a short time. We're called to be out of it, of the building. And to share your peace, Lord. I pray that you use us as your ambassadors of the gospel. To bring peace where we go. And that others might see Jesus in us. As we often say here that uh, we might leak Jesus in this world. Um, May you have your way there. And and God, with an open altar, you know where we are. Give us courage if we need to come to the altar. To pray, to, to, to seek you. There's never a bad time to do that. We just want you to be worshipped. In Christ's name, amen.